Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the RR Show. This is episode 162 of the greatest show to ever grace the internet. If you like our show, want to support us, or just want to get a little bit more of it, there's four bonus episodes every month. That's one a week on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash RR Show. There's already 31 bonus episodes over there, ready and waiting to caress your earballs with tender love and kindness. Go and check it out, it's only four bucks a month. Today is going to be a good one, because we are jumping into r slash malicious compliance. And our first story today is from a user by the name of Ancient Educator. You have to eat it on your break for it to be free. Huh, well, fine by me. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. Fish in my mouth as we speak. I never take a break, save for a number one to visit the bathroom. Nearly everyone else in my fast food establishment takes 20 minutes plus smoke breaks or sit down breaks to eat their meals. I have a wife and three kids at home who love eating food I bring home, so I skip my break and take the food home at closing, along with the occasional food that's going to be tossed away. I got into the system of making sandwiches for myself ahead of time and heat lamp them so I can just leave without leaving a mess. All of a sudden, one of my managers gets happy and says, You know, I'm gonna have to start charging you for all of this. I thought we was kidding. Either way, just in case, I said, Well, I never take a break, you know that, so... What else am I gonna eat? <laughs> the next evening, he rung up the items for me to pay for at the end of the night. I paid and decided I'd begin my malicious compliance now. I decided to start taking my 20-minute break eating my food for free. Now we're slammed. I still saved some for my kids. I could get used to this. Oh, and the malice came in the form of knowing that my mid-shift break is crunch time. That's why I never took those breaks. Way too busy. Ed explanation regarding people who cry. So it's malicious compliance, you take the break you're entitled to at the time you're supposed to? Oh, that's pretty hardcore. Let's talk about malice, shall we? Malice isn't the aftermath or the extent of the result of what happened. It's about the intent. Doing something with malice is doing something, even if that something is what I'm entitled to, with ill intent. Knowing that my actions, as federally entitled to them as I am, are going to put a damper on things to say the least, and in this case, totally screw the drive through making this malice. This is why I hate doing this. These are my friends, my comrades, my homies, both bow and foe. 
I knew it was gonna fuck up our day part numbers because my manager counts on my skills during the rush. All this considered, I'm malicious as a motherfucker. Nuclear winter update. The fallout continues. Got a text 17 minutes ago asking, loosely translated from Spanish, what the fuck happened last night, worst numbers since before the holiday. I was hired in November. I didn't have time to write all of this last night, but here are some comments overheard whilst typing. Jesus, where's the mobile order? Which one? El Pincha Ventana. When's OP off break? We're dying. Yeah, cuz. David smells like ass and doesn't know the menu. Well, at least I don't wear stupid deodorant like wolf, fawn, or dragon tits or some stupid shit. All the while, every customer has an audible disappointment or anger in their voice waiting for food. It was as entertaining as it was hard to listen and to not jump in. And to the most recent commentary, I don't think skipping my break makes me a good worker. I know what taking one does to people I truly call friends. And to my beau homie David, you know who you are. Keep stinking it up until the age 88 when I get dragon tits cancer from my stupid deodorant. I had the luxury of attending a drive through dining experience recently. I pulled into the car park of the establishment, which was pretty busy, but I thought, hey, the drive through is not too busy, even though the car park is absolutely rammed. You know, queued for a few minutes at the drive through nothing major, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. I got through the drive through got to the window, made my order, went to the next window, paid, went to the next door to collect, and they're like, oh, can you just park around the front for me? I'm like, yeah, sure. Now, I'm assuming they meant to park in one of the four grill bays, you know, the bays where you go to wait, and they just said round the front. And this is where I realized how fucked I was, how I was already past the point of no return. They already had my money. I was trapped. I couldn't go anywhere. I drove round to the front of the grill bays, and I realized, no, she meant park round the front, not in the grill bays. Why? Because the, gr gr the grill bays were already full. Not only were the grill bays full, but the road, like drive road alongside the grill bays was also full because they double parked. Not only that, I kid you not, the verge was full where people had parked on the verge. It gets worse. It gets worse. It then occurred to me, oh God, why? The reason the car park was full, and it was at this moment I realized the restaurant was basically empty, was the car park was full of people waiting for drive-thru. And it was at this moment that I realized how fucked up is fucked up. It's pretty fucked up. Because there was PTSD-ridden-looking staff coming out the front doors with armfuls of food looking around for whose order it was. Because they didn't know. They didn't write down the car or anything. It's not like, oh, yes, it's the black Volvo. No, they, they were just coming out. They were just told, here, take this food out to whoever it is. But there's like, 40 people waiting for their food in the car park so they're going out just looking around there's artillery barragements of horns coming in behind me well the fuck's going on as people are just getting stuck in the drive-through because they can't get out because there's cars in the way and they're just walking around knocking on windows excuse me sir is this your food i'm like no no i didn't order uh, six happy meals who the hell ordered six happy meals try the mini bus 
Over there. It was at this point I realized the new problem they were encountering. Karens were coming with reinforcements up to the doors of the restaurants. So these poor guys are coming out of the restaurant with armfuls of food, and they can't go anywhere because there's Karens again. Hey, excuse me, we've been waiting for 10 minutes. Where's our food? So now they're getting stuck at the door with armfuls of food that's going cold. So now when they do find people to deliver the food to, it's cold food. And so now they come back to complain and it's just this vicious circle. And it was when one very polite gentleman came up and said, Hi there, hi, I know I know you're having issues, I don't want to complain. I just want to say, I'm still waiting for my food, but we had to park out on the road. Because the car park is full. The car park was so full that people had started parking on the road to wait for their drive through food. I kid you not. Eventually... A nice young lady came and knocked on my window and went, is this your food? And I went, I don't know, I'll take it. <laughs> it's food. <laughs> I'm just happy to have received anything. Anyway, there is a uh, our, our show original for you. Our next story is also from Ancient Educator. You need me to make a new batch of fries? Oh, sure thing. I'll get right on that. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news... Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. So our fast food restaurant closes at midnight on Sundays, and around 11.15pm we start transitioning to close and get ready for the delivery that we get every Sunday. There's a process here where we play a game of how many fries do we think we're going to sell in the last 45 minutes, and put the bags of them up front because we know the delivery takes at least an hour of our shift, like clockwork and we can't access the big boxes of french fries due to a line of boxes and dollies and counting items, etc. Plus, our manager specifically says to not go in the walk-in during the delivery. Not that we could anyway tonight. So I'm usually pretty good at guessing, and we had a car pull up who needs two large fries. So I drop four large, half a bag, the last half we had up front, just in case another car pulls up. And it did. That second car pulls up and says, Hi, I'd like a Bamberger, large with fries, and I need those fries fresh. Well, I was dumb enough to mention, Well, today's your lucky day, because I just dropped some fries right now. His increasingly pleasant response is, I don't care about those fries, you better make me some new fries fresh. Don't give me those fries, make some new ones. Well... Enter malicious compliance. Enter another entry into the asshole chronicles. Now I could have just as easily given him the fries I just dropped, because they take around three minutes to cook. So he was pulling up just as they were finished. But he clearly said he didn't want those fries. So what's a cook to do? Do I lie and say these are not the fries that they thought they were? rip Dennis Green. I tell him it's gonna be a while on the new fries. He waits. I clean the frosty machine, a six minute job. I'm quick and thorough, right in front of the window. And waits. He honks. 
I apologize sincerely and explain that the fries are inaccessible until the delivery driver can get everything moved. Shouldn't be much longer. Then we can drop them. Maybe 10 minutes. And... Waits. I stock the nugget sauce, being mindful that I'm being watched like a hawk, so I pretend to look off in the middle distance of the restaurant, like there's something going on there. He waits some more. Finally, co-worker runs up, literally in his slip, non-resistant shoes, with the box, and we toss them into the fry bin. All of a sudden, he honks more emphatically now, and I come to the window to hear him yelling, What? They're frozen? I wanted fresh! He screeches off into the night, no food in sight. But, alas, read him his rights. Officer Pay It Forward drives in for his usual. He stops Captain Fresh Fries, gives the fry guy a ticket for aggressive driving, a big no-no and huge fine in Arizona, and comes into line to get his freshly made fries. I know this because the officer is a regular to our drive through and always pays for the person behind him. Like, always. I guess we should call him Officer Pay It Backwards. A quick pre-update. I'm an asshole. And not one of those cool assholes that sleeps with someone's mum, drives a freewheeled vehicle that has two tires at the front for some reason. One who truly gives no Fs about other people's opinions that's not me. No, I'm an asshole steeped in living in the past insecurity and perpetual idiot disappointment. You would think that, knowing that I'm an asshole, I'd somehow find a way to stop myself from being one, but no. I just double down on my misbehavior and borderline toxic commentary like it's a god-given right. Even as I'm writing this, I feel no inkling to change, despite not being proud of it. The crazy thing is, I have a great life. Like a great friggin' life. Busy, but every person in my life is amazing to me in one way or another. They have my back. I have absolutely no reason to behave this way. But here I am. So comment away on my douchebaggery, but just be aware that you're not saying anything new, nor will it somehow be a revelation to me that will change my behavior. I'll still be a snide little shit. Even writing this is probably douchey. I appreciate you all, though. Alright, guys, and our last story is another one from Ancient Educator. I'm starting to wonder if this is not r slash malicious compliance, but r slash Ancient Educator 76. You better bring back every box of candy you don't sell. I'll get right on that, Chief. This happened to me in the early 90s. In the lovely sunny state of Arizona, as a 13 to 15 year old, I spent my summers selling candy and other items door to door in the 122 degree heat for a man we'll call Big Al. This guy was a character. Imagine a fat, unshaven Axel Rose. Okay, Axel Rose with a ponytail of red and graying hair, wearing glasses and a hat that says Pesan Nissan, because he always buys American. He was a walking caricature. I loved the gung-ho Americana, but didn't like his unscrupulous nature, if you will. Besides being an obvious chomo, that's another story for later, but he had raunchy conversations about his genitalia ad nauseum with girls that rode with us and sold candy, 
There was always this one girl who was always the last to be dropped off, and mysteriously, she was dropped off alone despite girls needing to pair up. This was just a new level of creepy. He gave us each a box of crappy things to sell for $5 a pop in 1992, and we got a $1 commission per box. He would pick us up at our residences, select suites more like trailer parks, in his Impala-ish looking car. It was so wide that it looked like two side-by-side -side motorcycles in the dark. He would drive us to ritzy neighborhoods and was super strict about the sales process, like we were going to screw him over or something. He would just drive an hour out of town, middle of the day in some fancy place like Hawataki and drop us off in an apartment complex. We all fought to be first dropped off. We would get out with our box. He would have us write there and then recount each, and he would write it down. And he would always, always say, oh, You better bring back every box of candy you don't sell. I should have known that this dude was being extra, and this indicated that he was actually screwing us. So's anyway. I'm doing this for a while now, and at least half the time he says, The count says you should have had four butterfinger bites. You only have two left. So you sold two. Where's the money? I swear that I didn't have four. I even counted them to him, but he insisted. So on a day where I sell 16 items, I make 11 instead of 16, and he pockets the remaining 69 bucks. Now, if this happened once a month or even once a week, I would understand. But it was getting to almost every day this guy was questioning at least two of our counts. He eventually moved off of changing my counts when he realized I was catching on, and then he picked on the newbies. I was still livid about this though. He was already making a killing by keeping 80% of the sales, so a missing box really killed our profit margin. Seriously! I was getting better at selling and eventually got to a point where each stop was 10 sales, and he would pull in close to 30 a night. That was a great pull for me, until one day when he said what he always says, so much so that we all say it along with him. Did I think of a way to truly comply while still making a profit? Now about this candy he was selling. It was cheap, dollar store before dollar stores were a thing type of item. It was literally a box of peanut butter you'd pay no more than two bucks for today. I hatched a plan to truly bring him his candy. Every last box. As we were driving around waiting to be dropped off and all the kids started yelling, mine, 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 like the seagulls in Finding Nemo, I let them all pop out where they wanted, because I knew what neighborhood I wanted. One that was adjacent to a grocery store. My wish came true, and I happened upon not just a fries, but a Walgreens right next to it, right across the street from some great-looking apartments. Al saves this for his favorites, usually, but I begged him to let me take this one and really hoped I got the solo spot. Oh, I did! I got dropped off and automatically regretted not having money with me already. Some people are paycheck to paycheck. My dad and I grew up paycheck to Wednesday. Either way, I managed to get two people to buy in the first 10 minutes, meaning I had about an hour or so left. 
so I could take the money I made and bought some candy from the grocery store to sell. So I've made 25 bucks that I would only make $5 of, so I decided to take a risk and actually buy more candy than the money I would have. And if worse came to worse, I would just say I got shorted. Thankfully, it didn't happen that way. I bought 20 bucks worth of candy from Walgreens. Peppermint patties in a row, peanut brittle, king-size candy bars, things I think that would sell that didn't have a lot of chocolate. We had dry ice, but we had to get creative with the placement, and the cold aspect of the candy was a huge selling point. My box was overflowing, and when I hit the remaining 90% of apartments, it was a smorgasbord. You guys usually only have the shit candy, I'll take this and that. I was selling all items for only 4 bucks and made 80 bucks off of the 20 I spent pretty quick. I actually made 100 because some of my regulars demanded I take more money. I then went back and got more candy, last minute thought, to sell for my next stop. I know I was taking a risk doing this second one, I should have just stopped. But I just had to push. I picked up 10 more candies, the stuff that sold first, and loaded the box in a way where these weren't visible at first glance in the box. And I pocketed the non-chocolate items. So Al comes back on his chariot, making his usual mating call of RITCHING! And then a brief pause, then a bunch of horn honks to follow the cycle again. It was actually hilarious because for some reason his horn only worked while he was turning. This made for some hilarious scenarios. So I popped back in telling him I sold 5, more like 25, and he was, Seriously? This is why I give this one to the girls. Yeah, I know all about what you give to the girls, bro, and based on your unnecessarily graphic description, it's the dimension of a beer can. Gross. I was going to argue, my favourite pastime, but I left it and waited to see where I got dropped off next. By the end of the night, I sold 30 of my stuff that I bought and 8 of his. I gave him back every box of his I didn't sell and even gave him too much money, by 4 bucks, because I didn't do my maths right. I still wound up with well over 100 that night. 5 times what I do on my best nights. Well guys, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Fantastic Ready Stories brought to you by the best show on the internet. If you're bored and want something to do, you will find links to all of our stuff, Discord, Patreon, YouTube, and any other things. Any cool pictures in the stories will all be on our shiny new website, therrshow.com. Go and have a look. Check it out. Everything will be over there. We'd love to see you. Cool, guys. Thank you very much for listening. I've run out of things to say in this outro. God damn, now there's going to be an awkward silence. Can't have awkward silences. Anyway, next episode. Thank you very much. I'll see you there. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
true terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there.